0: Ni hao, this is Lily Pabian. Hola a todos, this is Natalia
1: Garzon, and we'd love to welcome you to Voices of a Highway, a podcast for, with, and about the incredible people that make up Buford Highway, a multicultural community in Atlanta, Georgia.
0: Approach the end of this year's celebration of Hispanic Heritage Month, a four week national recognition highlighting the immense contributions of Latino communities across this country. We take a closer look into the historical significance, their community residents' ancestor, and her history here on Beaufort Highway. Our guest today is Angela Ferrero Valino, a local Colombian and champion of our beloved corridor. Welcome, Angela. So great to have you.
1: Hi, nice to be here. So, Angela,
0: we start off with the same question. Um, tell us a little bit about your immigrant story and your journey to Atlanta and Buford Highway.
1: Okay. Um, so, I am first generation immigrant in this country. Um, my parents met in New York City. Actually, my dad was, came over for work. And my mom came over on a cargo plane um, with the, uh, because of a broken heart. Basically, she, um, the man that she wanted to marry, uh, may, uh, you know, they broke up and, she, you know, end of story. So her cousin was like, you know, go to go to the United States. We have some family and friends there and we can start over, you know, and basically that's what she did. And um, she ended up in Jamaica, Queens with some friends and um, worked and, you know she was illegal but uh so she met my dad and i think a lot of it was loneliness and um also just meeting someone i guess a kindred spirit in 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 that sense in that sense and they got married and you know they had us and then we moved to columbia Back to Colombia because they wanted they always had Colombia in their hearts um, and they wanted to start a new life there again with their kids and we moved back to Colombia and where
0: in like, where in Colombia
1: um, Medellin, I oh, no actually no sorry um, that's where my mom's from we moved back to Barranquilla and my dad um, opened up a auto parts store there and you know we did pretty well for a while and I remember it being just such a different. It was so different because I had grown up in New York and um, I went to school there. And when I, was, when I went back to uh, Columbia, I was 10. And I just remember just being, have this anxiety of like, you know, it's a whole, even though we went back every summer and my family was there, it was just a totally different feeling of actually going to school there. And I was like, I'm not gonna make any friends and everybody speaks Spanish. But I got there and it was like welcoming. It was just like being home. And um, and it, it helped too that, you know, I was from the United States, so I was very popular <laughs> in our school. It was a bittersweet time because it was a great time for my growth and for our family and to kind of learn about my culture. And But, you know, my parents got divorced and so that was just a different change in our chapter. And um, And at that point, my mom said, you know, I can't really make, ends meet here in Columbia. So we'll just have to move back to the United States. And then my uncle was living in Atlanta at the time because my mom was like, I don't want to move to New York. It's such a, such a crazy life there. So he said, Atlanta is just kind of bustling. And this was back in the 80s, like I guess eighty. 45 and Atlanta was booming you know it was a small little town at the time <laughs> I mean it was a city but it wasn't what it is right now so we moved back we stayed with family for for a long time um we actually stayed right around Jimmy Carter close to the Buford Highway um I went to North Cross High School uh, met some great friends and that I still am friends with today and we just kind of live the american dream bought my first house off of beaver highway um, when I was 25, cause my mom, we rented the whole time and my mom, the whole time, she's like, I want to buy a house. I want to buy a house. And, um, you know, I was like, mom, this is what we're going to do. We're going to, I'm going to buy you that house. We're going to get it together. You know, I worked and we all worked, put everything together and, and got the American dream, which was the first house. And my mom was so happy. We had a huge party. I remember and had friends and family and lived in that house for a long, long time and we actually just sold the house to move to another home with my family that I just uh, have now, my boys and my husband. And it's another another chapter in our lives now, you know? But that, that moment of us buying that home propelled us to what we are now. But it was the belief in, you know, getting a better life and, and, and moving on. Thank you for
0: sharing. Well, we'll just jump into who who's who your biggest advocate as a child? Who is your hero?
1: So definitely my mom is my hero, but also I do remember my dad being a big advocate at the time for me because growing up in New York City at the time, I remember, I really remember this, because I remember uh, reading in Spanish before I can read in English, because my grandmothers were a really big part of, they always came and stayed with us, and they always stayed for long periods of time. And I remember my dad's grandmom, my dad's mom, my, my grandmother, she would read to me, and I learned how to read in Spanish. So my my first language was Spanish. So going into kindergarten and into first and in, into first grade, I was a little behind in that. In that, my speech and and I I had no English basically, you know. So the teacher came to my dad, and she said, you know, she you need to start speaking English to your daughter because she isn't she's re- she's really behind. And my dad, I remember my dad was like, look, he's like, where are you from? And she's like, I'm I'm Polish. He's like, and do you speak Polish right now? And she's like, I do. And he's like, so you learned how to speak English. He's like, I want to instill my culture in my, in my daughter. And I don't want her to forget that. So the biggest thing is, you know, um, language, you know. And he's like, she will pick it up. I promise. She will. Kids are resilient. She will pick it up. And then my mom, my mom just being a strong Latina woman, you know, she, she really just was hard on us in the sense that she expected a lot in us to get our education. My mom wasn't educated, but she, she said the way for you to not have to be dependent on anybody and to be able to move forward in life is to get an education. And that was something that always stuck with me. It was never really a non-starter for me to not look to college, you know, to to have college as an aspiration, even, even if we didn't have any money to, 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 to go there, you know, it's, And I didn't have anybody champion and say, hey, you're going to go here, you're going to go there. It was just through friends and that that I kind of realized that, okay, we really have to go what school I need to go to. I didn't really know, but I knew that I needed to go to college. And that was something my mom pushed. I'm being strong.
0: I want to go back to your childhood a little bit, growing up as a minority, as a Latino here in Norcross. And at the time, Norcross, back in the 80s, was a very different place demographically. 80s and 90s Um, what was it like going to school and what was your day-to-day like
1: it was fun and but at the same time it was also um, trying to fit in where you can try to find people that were a family in a sense right Um, that you it wasn't until probably my sophomore year that I met people that were of this, you know, we weren't all Latinos, but we were all parents of immigrants. And um, we all kind of had that same narrative that brought us together. And it made me feel like I was not alone. And it gave me a sense of um, community, and it gave me a sense of happiness in a a sense, you know, just because it was a very predominantly white school at the time. So I always think of that movie, Pretty in Pink. That was definitely my, my, yeah, I was Molly Ringwald. Yeah,
0: you know? well, th- th- I mean, like, so did you experience discrimination?
1: Yeah, I did. Coming to uh, Atlanta was probably the first time that I was ever called a, a, a derogatory name. And I had, had no idea what the name that they called me was. But I knew that it was a hateful name because of the way they said it. But that same person that called me that later on tried to ask me out. So I was like, what the heck? <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, I don't know if they knew what they were saying. But and I but I think that was something that probably was festering maybe through their family. I don't know. But yeah, I mean, it, w- it was a time where you have to fight for yourself and having em- immigrant parents that didn't speak the language made it a little bit more difficult because, you know, you had to really kind of learn how to navigate those those areas, you know. Right. And as
0: a child, you travel back and forth as, as do many, you know, immigrant families or immigrants that are here. They go back to whether they have relatives there, they go back for long visits. What was that like? Do you, I mean, you have... You have some really beautiful memories. What What is your favorite memory um, during those that time that you would you would go back in extended times?
1: I think the my favorite memories are with my grandmother. She um she loved to cook and she was a character. She really was just a character. She loved to gamble. She loved all her pets. She had like a ton ton of pets. She had, she had dogs. She had chickens. She had, I mean, she was the one that would bring in all the stray animals. She was a a fantastic cook. She had the worst temper ever, but she was hilarious. She wouldn't let anybody get over on any, but she was the most loving person that she really, I I could feel the love. My mom got all that from her because they were exactly (laughs) alive. Like, but no, I do remember that because it was, it was like, it was like a going home to Abuela's house and it was just, it, it really, it's the smell of it. And the home was where my parent, my mom grew up, where she was born. So it really was a special, it, it was a special place to go. And it was always during the times of either Christmas or the summertime. And Christmas was incredible because it's just food and tradition. But yeah, my, and my grandma was, was, was something else. She was something special.
0: Well, tell me a little bit about your grandfather, because he's something special, too.
1: He is. Well, it's my great-grandfather. He was my mom's mom's father, so my great-grandfather. He was a composer um, and brought the music of bambuco to Mexico in the 1890s or something like that. Yeah, I have to read his book a little bit further, but... We have a plaque at my mom at my mom's home where you know he he we we received royalties from the music that he played because one of the songs, Antioquenita, is a really uh, was a really popular song at the time and it basically is kind of like the second anthem of Medellin because it kind of talks about the the beauty of of Medellin which is it's called uh, La Ciudad Eterna Primavera which is the city of Eternal Spring which is you know. Um, just a beautiful, beautiful city and, you know, the weather's perfect and it's a crazy little story (laughs) that my great-grandfather... you
0: have have the book, right? I do have a
1: book, yeah. Yeah, there's a book that's written about him. I I need to translate it and republish it because I would love to have that and kind of pass it out to my family. You know, because I don't think everybody has it.
0: Yeah, that's that's a treasure. That's a that's a that's a big treasure. What does Hispanic Heritage Month mean to you as I guess your first generation, fully Mm -hmm. first generation, right? What does that mean? What does that mean to you as a first generation immigrant?
1: As a first generation immigrant? I mean, I just love that the Latin culture is an influence in a lot of different areas, you know, and um, and it not just food and not just uh, music which is a big part of it but you know and people trying to get to know more of our culture and and know that in the end all of our differences and are, are a little bit of similarities too right even though we speak spanish or we everybody's got different food there's always this proudness about the Latin culture and openness about the Latin culture and this love and zest for life that's what i, I like about the Hispanic heritage of trying to teach my little boy about, you know, Colombia and where they're from and their grandmother, and having them spend more time in Colombia is something that's really important for me so that they can understand where they're, you know, where they come from.
0: Is there a message you'd like to share to Latino communities, kids particularly, who are growing up um, as you did along the highway?
1: Gosh, can I, I guess I'd put my mom cap on, right? And just. <laughs> so, try to you know education i mean really it probably is really hard when your parents don't speak the language and you know and you don't speak the language um but kids are really resilient in the sense that they they will pick up the language like i picked up the language and um and and don't forget your spanish language because that spanish language is what propelled me to get a lot of opened a lot of doors for me being bilingual is something to be very proud of so Yes, you're going to be you're going to be inundated in American culture and that is going to be that is going to be with you. Right. Because you're going to be growing up here. But don't forget that um, you're Latino as well. And and blending those two things together is really is really something that is um, a positive. More than a negative.
0: Thank you, Angela. And this is our final question. We ask all of our uh, interviews um, what is something, this could be anything. We're just trying to raise light on what are the trends in our communities. What is something you have been loving recently and you like to share with our listeners?
1: <laughs> I actually, we so we moved. So I have been loving actually just walking my neighborhood and just. Clearing my mind of negative thoughts or whatever is through the day, and getting to know little areas in my in my new neighborhood, and just getting to talk to different people. There's so it's such a walkable area now where we where we live as well. So every day I kind of get to meet a new a new neighbor. So that's kind of it's it's kind of different for me (laughs) because I'm a little bit of an introvert. So but it's opened up. A lot of things, you know, because you get to kind of know your community and that's how you kind of, kind of reminds me of the community that I grew up in your or in Colombia, because you know everybody, you know, your neighbors, you know, your neighbors have been there for 30 years. So when you go back, the same neighbor's still there, you know, it's it's so different than here because we move around so much. So I like that. I, I, that's, that's something that I'm really digging right now.
0: Thank you so much, Angela, for joining us today. Hispanic heritage is an important opening and springboard to raising awareness and collect education of the talents, influences, histories, and leaderships represented through Latino communities across this country, Georgia, Atlanta, and of course closest home, the Beaufort Highway Corridor. For us, the homage doesn't start and end within the bookends of September to October. It exists every single day and we are so proud that it does and will for many generations ahead. Thanks, Angela.
1: Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Voices of a Highway. It was a pleasure sharing these stories with you today. Also, if you enjoyed this episode, please share it and share our podcast too with your friends and family. If you'd like to stay up to date with our work, follow us at We WeLoveBuhai on all social media platforms. And if you'd like to further support our oral history and arts and culture programs, please consider donating at WeLoveBuhai.org donate. Gracias.